What's going on, guys? Welcome back to The Save Show with your host, Justin. This is a weekly updated journal where you get to watch in real time as I struggle to become a better man, husband, father, and most importantly, you'll see as I continue to walk in my faith with God and get closer to Him. If you want to support the show, there are a few links on the, on the website to support. Uh, check out the store, check out the Instagram page, check out the podcast, uh, follow on Spotify, subscribe on YouTube. All that kind of stuff is great. Love to see the, all the support lately. I'm very grateful for the position that I'm in where this uh, passion project uh, actually has people that are interested. So very grateful for that. Uh, 75 hard update. I'm about to finish Mere Christianity, and I'm diving into this book Next, the millennium and beyond, um, seeking to understand premillennialism, postmillennialism, um, more theology type topics, seeking more understanding for my own edification and, and education. Um, we do touch on that a little bit in this episode, um, but I think I, we saved it for a part two. Um, so today, what I have for you is a guest episode, I'm trying to do those once a month, as I mentioned. Today I sat down with Method Ministries, a uh, gentleman's name is Lucas. Uh, check out his Instagram page, he's always putting out some really great content, um, and he's on Twitter, and, and he's got his own YouTube channel as well. Um, things are going really well for him, he's doing great work in his ministry, and we had a great conversation. We covered his testimony, and a little bit on uh, politics, which is always fun for me. It's a, a topic that I like to speak to. Um, and I think part two, as I mentioned, will be digging into things uh theologically based or theology based uh going into premillennialism amillennialism post mill um dispensationalism um hopefully we can get into some of those darker uh well not darker but broader um deeper topics um and i'm hoping this book helps me to understand it better and i know that he already has a, a firm hold on where he stands and all that but with that out of the way please enjoy my guest interview with method ministries Welcome back to The Saves Show. This is your host, Justin. I'm sitting down with Lucas, the man behind the Method Ministries page on Instagram. Lucas, it's nice to see a face finally. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, uh, we've been talking. I think it feels like a year now we've been speaking. I think that's correct. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think it was February last year. Uh, my Instagram page, I just started, and I think you were closer to, to starting around that time as well. Yeah, I was. Yeah, this February will mark one uh, one year. So you know, we're in this together. Right. It seems like. That's Congrats! Awesome. That's awesome. Great, great to make a friend online. Yeah, yeah. And uh, like I told you, you're always welcome in Iowa if you come out. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, uh, I'm in New Jersey, but you know, you might not want to come to New Jersey. A lot of people call it the armpit of America. <laughs> but there is some good things about New Jersey. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah, I mean that the fact that you're out there that's that's one good reason. <laughs> Got good uh, food. Yeah, I, I would love to come out and have some food. Awesome. Uh, but thanks for coming on, Lucas. Like I said, it's nice yeah, to me. meet you. And uh, I know that um, Instagram's taken off for you. You're working on YouTube. And and what I think people are coming to see is is the content and the great uh, opinions and, and, and everything that you're doing that edifies people. Um, and so today I was hoping to hear about why you started Method Ministries and, and about your testimony. Um, and yeah. however, however you want to tackle that, we can. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, thanks for having me on and everything. So I guess I'll start with my testimony because that goes into method ministries Sure. on it. So uh, my testimony was I grew up in a Christian home, you know, Christian home. I don't know if my father's still a Christian. I hope he is. But you know, we went to church, um, Sunday school, youth group. I'm, I'm one of nine. I'm one of nine. Uh, so, but, you know, big family, big home, typical homeschooled family and everything. Um, so we were talking, you know, the stories, you know, we knew about 
not about Jesus, about God, but obviously, you know, I'm not a believer. So for, for, you know, for me, it was just, you know, I guess a part, part of life, you know, I still ha- held the beliefs, but never really thought about the gospel at all. Um, just, you know, didn't really think too much about it. So we fast forward until my late teen years. When I was in my 17s, 18s, my older brother, um, who was in the Navy at the time. So he's like you, Justin, he, you know, he was in the military. Yeah. Thanks for your service, by the way. Yeah. Thank you. It was a, it was a pleasure. I mean, that. awesome. So um, Christian was my older brother's name. He became a Christian. He heard a Paul, a Paul Washer sermon. Well, at least he, you know, a uh, professor at that time. Don't know if he is now currently, uh, you know, fortunately, you know, we don't speak anymore. Um, but, you know, not to get into that drama, but this is, you know, just a part of my testimony. Mm-hmm. So Christian um, became a Christian. Christian became a Christian. <laughs> he started uh, reading the Bible, listening to sermons, and that introduced me to Christianity. So I started listening to like really solid guys. One of them was Tim Conway. Mm-hmm. Um, and another one was John MacArthur. I love John MacArthur. Oh, and. Yeah. You know, you know, I listened to some Paul Washer sermons. These guys started preaching this true gospel. So that got me listening to sermons and knowing and hearing the true gospel. And one of the big things was true Christianity. They were preaching false Christianity, and this is true Christianity. And then that, more importantly, got me into the scriptures. So I started to read the Bible. And, you know, there was, there was a change in me. I started to, um, you know, believe this, tr- you, know, see, you know, see things differently in a new light. My eyes were kind of, you know, you know, opened or not kind of open, you know, they were opened and it you know, just created a hunger in me and a passion to, to know truth. I, I believe I was saved then, or, or maybe I was saved in my 25s because, you know, here, you know, here's what happened from like 18 to 25. Mm-hmm. Um, I started to, you know, I gained independence, come from a homeschooled family. You know, I didn't have that independence, you know, we were very sheltered. So I was a very sheltered kind. So, you know, there's a, there, there's a good homeschooling, especially now, you know, we need good homeschooling, right? <laughs> yeah. So we need good homeschooling now. So I'm not against homeschooling at all, but it's just the kind of homeschooling we have. We were very sheltered. You know, our friends were only at church and youth group. We we're only allowed to go to youth group or youth groups only ever, uh, every other week. Mm-hmm. So, you know, sheltered. So when I gained my independence at 20 through 25, um, you know, I was dealing with a lot of depression, you know, I was super depressed, super upset about my past and a lot of other issues. And so I started to enter to the party world, enter into, you know, to life. And I had this freedom. And then I moved out by myself. I gained my independence through a job. At the time, I was working in car sales. Don't recommend car sales. Yes, I wouldn't recommend <laughs> that. was bad. I mean, it, it was a, um, a more morally, you know, as far as I know, like it wasn't anything like uh, illegal or dirty or anything like that. So, you know, it wasn't bad like that. But that allowed me to provide for myself financially so I can live in my own apartment. And, you know, again, you know, dealing with my depression, I entered into the party scene a lot. Uh, there was alcohol. I never did drugs. You know, I was always scared of drugs, but there was alcohol. And then the girls, you know, along with, with you know, the lust. And during that time, you know, I knew what true Christianity was because of my prior years, my teens, knew what the Bible says. But I started, you know, again, just entering into this, getting mad at God, mad at myself, blaming, blaming other people, not taking responsibility for myself. And then I was about 25. Um, you know, I, you know, again, I, knowing that this is wrong and knowing that I'm not, not right with God. Um, you know, I was in my car one day, right before I was going to enter into my shop right shift. I got a part-time job at shop, right. Just to make some more, more money. And I just asked Jesus, you know, to save me. And I said, um, you know, I'm tired of the alcohol. Yeah. I think I said tired of uh, uh, other things as well, but tired of the alcohol st- stood out to me yeah. and I just asked Jesus to save me. And since then, uh, again, maybe, you know, it seems like there was like a two experiences in my life. So again, I don't know if I was saved 18 or 25, mm-hmm. but since then, you know, I just been following God and that brought a new change. I, you know, I returned to the Bible at 25, 
Um, I started praying and seeking God and, you know, seeking community out, mm -hmm. seeking fellowship and just going on that track of just knowing God more, trying, trying to follow Jesus. And since then, there's been like, you know, growth in my life. And hopefully, you know, the, there continues to be to be growth in my, you know, in my life. And I keep progressing towards Jesus. So that's my testimony in, in a nutshell. It's messy. My testimony is is messy. But and, uh, you know, what what gives me hope is the gospel of Jesus Christ. And he promises because of what he did who he is, anybody who believes in him, anyone who trusts in his righteousness is saved. That's my hope. And I keep on going back to the gospel because apart from that, I'm hopeless. I have no hope. And in that, I have hope. I'm hopeful. Amen. So my testimony is a mess, but the gospel isn't a mess. And the gospel <laughs> message is not a mess. The gospel message is clear and we can know it. And that's that's my passion. So this goes, my testimony goes in to Method Ministries. Okay. Yeah. So um at 26 and 25 i started feeling a call to enter into the ministry pa uh, pastorally and you know once i accepted that call i felt like things that that brought clarity in my life and like okay maybe this explains this and explains like why i had these desires in my life and so you know i, I entered into college mm -hmm. um and tried to you know just learn about the bible so i can be a better teacher know it more you know and obviously have the credentials too so I'm yeah. not just going in and swinging it. And I had to start in a path. So I figured, okay, school's the path or, you know, that can lead me to this. Um, and, and after that, that, that's a path for everybody, you know, and looking back to you, know, maybe I would have done things differently, but that was just all, all I knew. So I was like, okay, let me go into, you know, college, learn about the scriptures and pursue pastoral ministry. So a couple of years down the road, being like I live in New Jersey, I see a lot of the problems, hear a lot of the problems, even at the church I was attending was a liberal church. At the time, I didn't care too much about that because, you know, I was still growing, still coming out of my party stage and like people phase, phase stage where it's like, you know, yeah. I'm around everybody. I'm exposed to the culture. So I knew things were going on in that church that weren't biblically true, especially this one pastor would always like, you know, give me a bad feeling, irk me and like the things that they would say, that feeling started growing, growing, growing. So I always had a real passion for like true Christianity, mm -hmm. always had a real passion for that and like tell people you know, about the gospel and, and, you know, and this is not true Christianity. This is true Christianity. This is what it means to be a Christian. So it means to follow Jesus and about biblical exposition and just be faithful as possible to what the God, you know, what God is saying in his word. So uh, fast forward a couple of years, pursuing ministry, seeing the problems in church mm -hmm. It entered into, okay, you know, I should start something online. I didn't really think too much about it. I actually started a couple of uh, other accounts, by the way, besides method ministry. Oh, interesting. All right. <laughs> But how, but how I got the name Method Ministries finally, um, I wanted to start a church. I still do want to start a church called the Method Church. Mm -hmm. And the inspiration for the Method Ministries and Method Church is from uh, life and theology of John, John Wesley. John Wesley is one of my heroes in the faith, along with John MacArthur. So uh, just to pause there. So uh, Methodism is coined that from the method of John and Charles Wesley and their fellow compatriots in studying the Bible. So they were called Methodists because of their strict method of, of the practice of faith. Mm -hmm. So I'm not a Methodist because there's something that I disagree with on, on, on uh, you know, that, that, that whole faith. Like one of them is infant baptism. But again, I'm, I'm, you know, John Wesley inspires me and I agree with a lot of his theology and I, and I love the way that he thinks and, bring, you know, brings thoughts to the Bible. So I coined the term or thought of the term Method Church and then going to my Instagram after doing a couple of the burner accounts, if I guess I can call that. Just practice. It's just practice. Yeah. 
Yeah, and 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 I really have a direction with those accounts too. I was like, okay, you know, maybe I should try this out. Maybe I should try that out. Mm-hmm. And then last year, you know, I just decided to okay, you know, I want to pursue a podcast. I want to pursue an online thing to you know to try, try to speak and you know get get the word out. So I started Instagram Method Ministries, and that turned into you know a YouTube account, Facebook account, Twitter, and just trying to get you know the message of true Christianity out. And in in a world of lies in a world of deception. And, and, and I don't just mean that politically, really what I mean is that uh, it's in the church. Unfortunately, there's a spiritual apostasy going on in the church and the culture, the world has infiltrated the church. So that's my passion about being in the church and proclaiming the word of God in a world of corrupt pastors, unfortunately, and pastors and churches who are sold, sold out to appeasing the world being liked by the world and not, you know, appeasing and pursuing and following God and what he says is true in his word. So that's my goal in Method Ministries is to preach the true gospel along with true biblical Christianity. And that encompasses everything from Genesis to Revelation, all 66 books of the Bible. So that's my passion. Among other things, you know, I talk about other things as well. I talk about theology, eschatology, and all that other good stuff. Yeah. But my primary focus, again, is just get the gospel out, get true Christianity out. Okay. Well, so I was drinking my coffee. I got my my coffee with Justin. <laughs> yeah, there you go. You can uh, take a chance to breathe. You were uh, you were speed running through the through uh, your testimony and everything. Um, I talk I, fast. <laughs> yeah. No, I appreciate it. I uh, I listen to podcasts at three times the speed, so I I can keep up. However, you want to talk. Oh yeah. Oh really? Yeah. That's interesting. I um, I know some some people like hit hit the zoom button on their on their podcast purposely. So it's not too slow. Maybe I should do that. Or maybe I should slow mine down. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> well, I appreciate you going through everything. Um, the only thing that I guess that we had in common is growing up in more of a cultural Christianity type of a household. Um, you know, I love my parents. Everything that they did for me, I was I was fed. I was clothed. And I went to church. You know, I did Awanas and youth group and everything. Um, so I don't think it was necessarily um, anything anything wrong that they did. Uh, I think it's just a different direction that I would like to take my life and and my children's is fully understanding. You you call it true Christianity, but I feel like it's um it's 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 more than than just the knowledge and and the action of going through the motion kind of a thing. It's more fully committing and and feeling it and 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 diving into scripture and 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 the gospel certainly like like you're talking about here. I think it's more than than going to church um to put it plainly. Um so that's that's what I'm trying to do with my life and it sounds like that's what you've done uh for the past few years. Um and it's interesting you felt a call to seminary and uh to ministry and so did I after uh, my stint oh, oh, yeah. in the Marine Corps. Um but I I think ultimately God had other plans. Um I graduated with a business management degree in 2020, mm-hmm. right when the pandemic started, and I lost a few jobs that I applied for and was um, um, accepted, you know, for a role. I lost a couple of those jobs just because of everything that was going on with COVID. Um, and I found my sales job that I've been at the past couple of years, but I still felt that call to um, to evangelize, if you want to call it that way. And making goofy reels is how I've found an outlet for that. Yeah. And, and talking to people like you. So um, I, I, it's just interesting to hear um, that you also felt that calling. Yeah. And, and, and you know, you and I are lay ministers, but that's OK. You know, you know be, be bivocational because, you know, you and I are both husbands 
and you know you're a father and Lord, you know i'm gonna be a father soon lord willing um as i told told justin my wife is uh 13 weeks to this day pregnant so Very we're excited good. about that All right so awesome. and you know in this economy you know you really gotta be bivocational <laughs> to provide as one of our you know one of our things or responsibilities as as husbands so and i i, I kind of get the feeling that maybe in the future churches might be more the pastors might be more bivocational I get the sense that it's going to be maybe towards more of the home church than it is in the the institutional church. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, I'm wrong on that because you know pastor should be full time so so he he can focus on 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 that work. But mm-hmm. in the meantime, you know you and I, you and I can just be bivocational, be husbands because it starts in the home as as they always say. And there's a verse in First Timothy five eight says if anyone does not provide for his own and especially those his own household. He's denied the faith and he's worse worse than an infidel. So, you know, it's important that by by vocational. And I'm not really, you know, looking back to on to on seminary. It's it's very expensive. So, you know, I don't I don't really maybe see the necessity completely for seminary. Like if you can afford it, great. But you know, a piece of paper doesn't mean anything. God makes the pastor. And we have a lot of pastors right now with a lot of degrees and a lot of debt with that. But men who shouldn't be pastors at all, just because they have an MDiv or a seminary degree attached to their name, doesn't mean anything. And you know, there is a saying; it's a proverb, but it's a good saying: seminaries are cemeteries. And that doesn't mean that we can abuse that and say, okay, theology doesn't matter. But if we just get caught on a system and trying to interpret the system and not get caught up in the Word of God and try to be faithful as as possible, put that out into practice as possible, even at the expense of losing our social credibility and then there's a problem and that seminary becomes a cemetery for us. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> I wish <laughs> I, I, uh, I think, I think you're right. I think the pastor should be more involved uh, with the church and it's not just sermons on Sunday, but it's guiding the church and, and its ministry. Um, the church that we're going to now that we're members Um is focused on refugees and helping them out and and we have an adoption ministry and um and a lot of different things that certainly it's not the head pastor's job to fulfill and take care of but it's it's shepherding the flock as it were um at least you know that's how i think of it um and so this bivocational thing might be just for the two of us like you said uh, i can do sales during the week and find time to have great conversations with with people like you i'm definitely finding myself among great company um which is which is fantastic for through this experience yeah and and it's good as men too too you know you know to have like you know they always say to have a mission have a purpose because you know our our job is not not a you know our purpose i do a nine to five to provide for that purpose mm-hmm. which is god so you know my career is not who i am and it's just something that i do just to provide for the mission of god which is you know to get you know get the word out so so, you know, having a job, but, you know, don't make it your end all be all. And, you know, it definitely doesn't define you either. What defines you is, is God, as, um, as they say, but keep pursuing God and keep, you know, being ambitious for his kingdom because that that's the goal. So, you know, you and I, you know, uh, I don't know if you have nine to five hours, but that but that's what we do. You know, we work nine to five or I work nine to five Monday through Friday yep. and I come home and I do my other stuff, which is one of them is, you know, as Justin knows, online ministry, yeah. <laughs> trying, trying to get the word out. And other people might be just try, you know, trying to do evangelize on the streets or, you know, something else that is focused on get, getting the word out. Because as men, we need a mission and there's ambition in the gospel. There's there's purpose in, 
in the gospel. Not that I'm saying the gospel is, is motivational because it's not, that's not the gospel. You know, there's a false gospel called the motivational gospel. And this is, yep. you know, that's not the message. But as men, you know, we can resonate with God saying, run the race, be warriors for Christ. You know, we don't battle against flesh and blood, put on the arm God, you know, as men that resonates with us, with how God has created us. And so as men, we can say, okay, I'm going to take the gospel and go out there and make war for the kingdom of Christ against the kingdom of Satan. I think that's going to be the uh, clip that I put out of the show right there. That's what awesome. Bam. Mic drop. He'll be right. drop my exactly. mic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just, uh, we'll just end the call right now. That was yeah, All right. Yeah. I'll see, I'll see you next year. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I definitely agree with you. There's what would I call it? Uh, just widespread youth uh, men in particular that are are just lost. They, they don't find any purpose, any mission in, in any of the things that they're pursuing. Like, um, what's hot right now, becoming a Twitch streamer, playing video games full time. There's no, there's no purpose there that that's not going to be fulfilling. But if we get the word out, um, especially like, like you're doing, um, we can maybe find those young men and, and through us, God could maybe guide them back to him and, and they'll find true purpose in the gospel and, and furthering Christ's kingdom instead of, um, you know, whatever Pornhub has to offer. Um, which I think is, is great. So that's what I like to think of this show in particular. Um, yours, yours is is awesome as well, but I don't I don't know that it would fit this description. But um, for my show, it, it's a lot of um, like an echo chamber, if you want to mm -hmm. call it that. So I don't necessarily have the best ideas myself, um, but I'm I'm trying to find them in the gospel and in some other readings that I'm doing. There's other good messages that are out there that I know, you know, kind of come out of me or I repeat. And if I can get that good message to just one more person, uh, I think that makes this all worth it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and keep doing what you're doing, even if you're echoing, because, you know, the gospel is, is nothing new. It's been here for 2000 years. You know, it's been there since, you know, you know, all the way through, you know, through Genesis, you know, in the serpent crusher. So, you know, our goal as ministers, because a lot of churches get caught up in this, with this self-branding, you know, what kind of church we want to be. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like, it's almost like they, they all get in a table and they think, okay, you know, what kind of options do we have? And the fact of the matter is, you, you know, you don't have any other options. This isn't a branding or a marketing. Mm -hmm. We're not trying to preach anything new. We're not trying to do anything or, or say anything different than like the apostle Paul and, and the apostle Peter. Our message is the same message, which is from God, which is, you know, the cross of Christ, you know, Paul says in first Corinthians two, two, I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. And not that Paul just only ever talked about that. Not that we can't talk about other things, but you know, the, you know, the idea is the central mission of Jesus Christ. And so again, there's, there's nothing new. So, you know, we're all echo chambers. Mm. Like I'm not trying to preach anything new. You're not trying to preach any, anything new. We're all just trying to preach the word of God out there, which has been here since the dawn of time, right? In the beginning, God, God created the heavens and the earth. The word of God has been there. In the beginning was the word, right? Right. John 1, 1. And then that word became flesh, you know, you know, the logos became flesh. He entered into humanity, becoming a man himself. So we're trying to preach that word from the beginning, which is, you know, it's awesome to think about it. So yeah, we're all image bearers, which is echo chambers for, for the kingdom of God. Yeah, I like that. I never thought about it that way. We've, we're just saying exactly how it's been since, since the beginning the the message that we're conveying to people is hasn't changed the world hasn't changed either i would argue you know it's still full of the same same evils they might wear different faces um, but that's never changed and the the opposing force god and, and christ uh, hasn't changed either you know his love 
for us has never wavered. He's always there for us. And, you know, as long as you have the, um, um, what, what do I, oh, I describe it as like a closed fist, as long as you have the closed fist yep. sort of uh, grasp on your faith, um, you're going to be fine. Yeah. Yeah. Keep, keep clinging, uh, you know, you know, to him. All right, everyone, I wanted to pause the show here. Uh, we had some technical difficulties working with Zoom. Not a problem. We made it work. Uh, but I did want to take the opportunity to take a break and show you the new shirt uh, that's up on the saved.store of a Christus Rex, Christ is King. Um, we've got a couple of other new designs out there for you to check out, uh, but very happy with this one. Uh, it's great for working out. It's a heavyweight cotton. It's the Comfort Colors uh, is the brand there. Uh, we've got the Save Show logo on the back, just right by the neck, as always. Um, but I've, I've been working out in this one, and it feels great while I do my 75 hard workouts. So just a little announcement as we, we pause the episode here. Um, but let's get right back into it with Lucas. Hey, team. We are operating using Zoom, and it cut us off. So we'll, we'll start fresh. Um, Conversation was too good. That's why I had to, like, shut, shut it off. Yeah, it's big you tech. Go, you're talking about Christianity, you know, let's cut them <laughs> off, boys. Big tech, I swear, it's cutting us off. Um, no, I wanted to go back to your testimony a little bit and um, no personal details, I promise. But um, yeah. you, you said um, kind of bad Christianity or false teaching versus true Christianity. And I was just curious if you had an example, um, like for me to understand or whoever's listening to this to understand what you meant. Yeah, so uh, really the dominant one, the false Christianity that's being taught in the, in the contemporary churches, the modern churches, is liberal Christianity. And we just did an episode with my my brother in Christ, my best friend, Justin, uh, on, on, on YouTube, talking about Christianity, liberalism, and politics last night. Mm-hmm. So the idea is because you know, to make it simple and accessible to people is, you know, who, you know, we're not diving into these textbooks. We're not, you know, investigating it. The words aren't, aren't being said. Like nobody's saying, hey, this is liberal Christianity. This is progressive Christianity. They're just saying, hey, this is just Christianity, not knowing that it's not true Christianity. And what they do is, you know, is it's focused on the experiential. It's focused on living your faith rather than knowing your faith. And they tell you that the idea of the gospel is that Jesus is love and he came to love and our job is to love and that's it. Mm. And you don't have to worry about the, you know, the other stuff. And it's focused on pragmatism. Pragmatism has to deal with meaning, uh, meaning and consequences. So it doesn't care about theology, doesn't care about the word, doesn't care about knowing knowing the gospel. It just wants to tell you to focus on love, and that's all you you know you have to do is just focus on love. And what that means for them is tolerance. What that means for them is accept you know uh, exceptions uh, or accepting the world and being sympathetic and uh, you know uh, understanding to everybody. And it's taught as love is the antithesis to truth. So truth is antithetical to love, and that's why there is there is a contempt for theology and doctrine, knowing your faith, and even having conversations with people about you know the the things that are going on in this world, you know the you know the the hot issues like um, you know the pro choice and you know LGBT and T and all that stuff. Your, your job is not to tell them anything. Your job is just to love them, and you'll be your own, your own testimony. And what this looks like for them is. That's why these these contemporary churches are obsessed with what they call worship. You know, you go into these churches. There, you know, there's hipsters on stage. There are guys in flannels. There's there, there's a band. There's a dark lit atmosphere. There's strobe lights going on. There's loud music. 
And, you know, there seems to be this vibe going on, seems to be this energy, you look around you, people have their hands high, their eyes closed, um, I call that Christian mysticism. Not that those things are bad, not that I'm critiquing worship, but the idea is that this is what it means to be a Christian. This is the apex of Christianity, and we connect with God through music. So let's focus on the experience rather than the the, uh, the knowledge. Because mm. there is a knowledge of the truth. Bob talks about that in 1 Timothy 2. That God wants everybody to be, to be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth. So there is a knowledge of Christianity. Christianity is is contrary to what they tell you you know that famous saying that we all know christianity isn't religion it's a relationship that's actually false i know people are you know when they hear that for the first time at the temperate church they automatically think that you know that is wrong and they have this tension this animosity towards that no 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 don't don't tell me that christianity is a relationship what they mean is i don't have to worry about doctrine i don't have to worry about all all of this stuff i just gotta again live my faith my job is just to love people and that's all jesus jesus does does is love people and that spills over to absolutely everything. It consumes the gospel, consumes understanding that, you know, the true Christianity, the, you know, the true teachings of the word. And it's in line with liberalism. That's why these churches, you know, they're, they're sympathetic towards that. They're, they're anti-conservative. They tell you that they're, they're oppressive. They tell you that these, these are actually contrary and they're hurting people. And we need, again, tolerance, love, empathy. And the idea is worship. You know, we're just going to we're going to you know worry about worship and again just living our faith rather than knowing our faith. But going back to it, why that's wrong. Jay Gresham Machen wrote a book called Christianity and Liberalism, and I recommend uh, people reading that. It was about a hundred years ago, and in that book, you know, he made a great, great point. And he says Christianity, you know, talking about that that idea that Christianity is a relationship, not a religion. He says Christianity starts with truth. It starts with doctrine. And then we live out that truth. So Christianity is religion. We're living out the religion of God. And that's why James talks about a true a true religion versus a false religion, James chapter 1. So James isn't afraid to say that there is a true religion. And he isn't afraid to talk about a false religion. So it's not that religion is bad. It's just that the false religion is bad. And there's only one true religion, which is the religion of the Christian faith. But that starts with who Jesus is, who God is, and then we're living out that faith. Mm-hmm. So in order to live our faith, we have to know our faith. Because if I don't know my faith, then, then then what am I living out? So by by necessity, I do have to know the truth of Christianity. I do have to know the gospel. I'm believing the true gospel. I'm believing in the true Jesus. And lo- love, yes, God is love. But what does that mean? What does that look like? Because when the world says love is love, that's wrong. That's contrary to the scriptures. And in the very gospel message, the world rejected love. They 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 crucified love. They didn't want love. You know that you know Pilate gave him a choice. Pontius Pilate, do you want a robber or do you want jesus to be crucified and they said give us jesus crucify him crucify him the world rejected love and the liberal christianity wants you to believe otherwise you don't have to worry about the, the other stuff you just got to live your faith and just get on the vibe get on the energy of worship and so-called worship and there's this pragmatism there's this wrong ideology being taught that this is true christianity this is what it means means to follow jesus and that's the idea of what i've been trying to go go about true Christianity versus false Christianity, because that's mm-hmm. a predominant one in our church is a liberal Christianity. Oh, I, I would say I 100% agree, um, especially with your point on, um, how would I put it? Tolerance is a, a false virtue, I would say. It is more compassionate to uh, and more loving to be honest with people. So um, cultural hot topic right now is transgenderism. Um, you know, the 
these people need help and not in the way of mutilating their body or or affirming what they're what they're believing um you know we need to shake them out of their delusion uh with reality uh, and and that's that's true love and it's not allowing them to go down this self-destructive path that leaves many unhappy and and often still ends up in in their loss of life um still committing suicide despite you know their family and friends best efforts and society's best efforts to to um foster and affirm what they say that they are um that's kind of the current example that I can think of there's there's plenty more but the the idea that true compassion is just letting people do what they want to do um that <laughs> I would agree that's that's false teaching that's not exactly what we need to be um doing as Christians we need to spread God's God's light into the world if you want to put it that way a, a great a great verse for this um you know my friend Justin told me this is first Corinthians 13 you know you know that love chapter that we read read often at weddings and in that chapter Paul says who you know who wrote the book of Corinthians first Corinthians 13 he says love rejoices not in iniquity but in truth mm. So think about that. So that that's totally contrary to the world because love is supposed to be again that this tolerance, this coexistence. The Bible says love rejoices not in iniquity but in truth. And God is truth. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth. So love, true love according to the Bible, is going to rejoice in the truth of God. And that's, you know, again, to totally contrary to what we're taught. That's the truth of the scriptures. And that's important to realize because when you know, when we talk about like uh, or engage in conversations with the world about like anything like racism and love, you know, we have to realize we're not talking about the same thing if we're not talking about the Bible, like even racism, like, 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 like that's a hot run. Um, racism is what racism is breaking God's law. Racism is not social injustice towards one another. It's not anthropological. It's theological. Mm -hmm. Sin is lawlessness. The Bible says in first John sin is breaking God's laws, offending God. So unless we're talking about the law of God, we're, we we don't have the same de definitions. We're using the same vocabulary, but we're not using the same definitions, which is grounded in God's truth. And outside of God's truth, there is no truth. O only God's word is the truth. So unless we're starting with the Bible, using that as a standard, we can't have these conversations. So if we're engaging with somebody on these issues, we have to make sure that we're talking about the same thing. And we have to focus and filter that on the word of God. Yeah, I'm with you. Um... Another example I would use is if you ask someone who they are or what they are, um, we were talking about our vocations. So some people might say salesman or, or astronaut or policeman or whatever. Um, some people might say uh, I'm a husband. They might say I'm a wife. Um, but I think more than anything, that first adjective or what you describe yourself as should be Christian. Yes. Uh, and that's that's sort of where where everyone should be identifying uh, to use the the current terminology. That's, that's where your aim should be. Um, that's the whole point. I've got my flag back there for God wins is that I was in, so involved in politics for, for years, um, you know, mentally, I, I didn't run for office or anything, yeah. um, but you know, all that kind of faded away when I realized there's more important things uh, that we should be focusing on. So I, you know, I was, I was a, a Marine, you know, that's all great. I would, you know, patriotism all the way, love America, but now I would first describe myself as Christian or, or believer. Um, so I, I totally agree with what you're saying. Yeah. We should be about the politics of Christ and, you know, just going you know, into politics because, because naturally, you know, when you talk about, the liberal Christianity, you have to go into politics. And a lot of people don't realize this, that Jesus is Lord is a political statement. 
you know, it sounds really weird to people, but if you want to drop to drop a truth bomb and get people to engage with you, just, you know, you know, you're going to say that Jesus Lord is political statement. You know, what does that mean? Well, you know, it means exactly that, that the same way that a president of the United States have power and authority is, is the same way Jesus does, but all the more. So Jesus is the King of Kings. So there's a, there's a power, there's a government above the governments of, of the world. And when we say Jesus Lord, we're saying he has rule, he has sovereignty, he has power. And going back to the Great Commission in Matthew 28, Jesus says, all authority has been given to me, not just in heaven, but on earth. Mm -hmm. And that's why he commands all men to repent. And that's why he, all, all, all of mankind is obligated to re repent and submit to him. But if they don't, there's a consequence. God is going to, you know, cast them into eternal hell. Um, you know, it's sad. We have to, you know, talk about this. That Jesus Lord is a political statement. He's about ushering in his politics, his reign, his rule. Jesus is a king. He has a kingdom and his kingdom is coming. And the Bible says in Psalms 2 that he's going to rule all the nations with a rod of iron. Mm. So Jesus Lord, Lord is a political statement. We're about politics of Christ. But national, you know, uh, naturally, what that means, though, is, you know, we can get involved in politics and care about politics. When people, you know, may, maybe accuse us of like, oh, you're being too political. Don't worry about that. I'm not doing it for that reason. I'm doing it because Jesus is king. Like, I care about pro-life because Jesus is king. Like, why do I care about babies not, you know, you know, not being, uh, you know, aborted? Well, because Jesus is king. You know, why do I care about traditional marriage? Because Jesus is, is king. So not that that's the standard you know, just conservatism for the sake of, of conservatism. It's I'm a conservative because of Christianity, because Jesus is Lord. So we can be about the politics of Christ and be about his reign, his rule. You know, you know that's a, the, the, the only place we, we ought to be in, and that's the best place to be. And that's the best approach for it. So we get caught up, you know, too much, like you said, Justin, like, you know, maybe in these hot issues, you know, we have to take a step back and realize, okay, what's the foundation? What's the ground? We want to build upon the solid rock, and in Christ is solid rock, I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. Jesus is Lord. That's my grounding on it, and that's how I'm going to make war. That's how I'm going to advance the kingdom of God is mm -hmm. through the lordship of Christ, planting that flag in, in into every area of life, which includes politics. Yeah, and it's interesting to the way that you put it. If you're thinking about who am I going to vote for. Or how am I going to engage in man's politics? If it truly is Jesus as your foundation, most voting becomes then very easy, <laughs> you know? And yeah. I tried to do a, an episode myself on Christian nationalism, and mm. I didn't put it out because it honestly, between the two of us and whoever's listening, it, it wasn't very good. It was it was not worth putting out there, so I didn't. Um, mm. But in reflection, I, I can sum up what I was trying to say as just, if I want my children to grow up in a, a faith-based and, and Christ-like world where we're doing the right things, I will I will vote that way. Um, and so that's allowing God to kind of guide my decision-making. And, and only because I'm doing exactly what's laid out for us in the Bible and Scripture, I'm following that, that Christ is King um, methodology that you're talking about. Um, and that's what Christian nationalism would mean for me. Do I want America to be more of a biblical and, and traditional country? Yes, that's what I would like to see. And then that that voting just becomes so easy from there. Um, I'm not going to storm, you know, the Capitol or anything yeah. with, with my Bible in hand. <laughs> uh, I'm just going to allow God to influence my choices based on on what he tells us. Yeah. And, you know, we we want our, our America to be a Christian nation. I do. I want our president to be saved. I want him to be doing laws that are the word of God. 
So, you know, I, I want my nation submitting to Christ. I do. And I want them to be saved. And, that, and that's a good thing. You know, Christian nationalism is just a boogeyman that, you know, liberal Christianity has created to tell you, don't be conservative. And, you know, by the way, you know, often when they, not often, when they talk about don't be political, what they mean is just don't be a conservative. Mm -hmm. You know, you can be a liberal because, you know, they agree with everything that the culture says, Black Lives Matter, COVID, you know, uh, hate on Trump. You know, they can do all, all, all these things. So it's not that they're not political. They just don't want you to be a conservative. But again, like you said, if, if for Christians, it's going to be easy. If Jesus is king, it's going to be easy. And that, ha that has to be our standard. And that's why also, too, um, I, you know, I'm just thinking of when we, we talk about these issues of voting. You know, people say, vote your conscience. Well, you know, listen, if, if your conscience is contrary to the word of God, then don't vote your conscience. <laughs> all right. You know, your conscience is shot. <laughs> You yeah. have to submit your conscience to Jesus. So that means if there's a candidate over here who is for the, the you know you know infant side, I'm not voting for them. And the reason why is because Jesus Christ is Lord. Yeah, that's why. That's my grounding it because Jesus is King. I submit and follow Him, and I want my politicians to. So I will never vote for somebody like like that who's contrary to to the Word of God. Mm -hmm. And we have two candidates. I'm I'm going to investigate. Okay, who's more consistent with Jesus Christ as Lord and His rule and His reign and His government? If it's this person, I'm voting for this person. If it's not that pers person, I'm not voting for that person. Right. So, you know, vote, vote your conscience. But again, if your conscience is against and contrary to Jesus, you you know, your conscience is shot. Don't vote it. Submit your conscience to Christ and his reign and his, and his government. Because mm -hmm. Jesus has government, as I said. And and we pray this prayer, by the way. And we say, thy kingdom come. Well, well, you know, that's political. Thy will be done. How? On earth as it is in heaven. So how does heaven obey God? Perfectly. Jesus says, pray that the, that God's will, which is obeyed perfectly in heaven, would be on earth. And that includes all areas, including politics. Amen. I like that. And then another thing that people say is your religion shouldn't influence your vote. Um, and, and just because, how would I put it? Just because the opposing force doesn't have a religious name behind it. Like you can call us Christians and, and then tell us not to let our religion influence our voting. But this evil force that's in the world that that would make you pro infanticide or or Black Lives Matter and you know other such hot topics that that to me seems like a cult and very religious in its own name, uh, but it doesn't have something to call it. So you can tell me not to vote, you know, conservative if you want to call it that for having my religious beliefs. But um, you know, you can't look in the mirror and 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 meet meet your eyeline because of because of you don't uphold that standard either. Yeah, and, and and it's so easy to talk about the gospel, you know, when we do these things, because again, you know, those three words, Jesus Christ is Lord, or four words, Jesus Christ is four words. It's it's so forming, you know that 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 has been such a flag for me in trying to preach the gospel. It and it, it it's so simple, but it's such a biblical truth. But it's it's a nuclear bomb. Jesus Christ is Lord, and that's that's why we do everything. So, you know, people want to talk about these issues. We're going to say it's because of Jesus. Bam, now I can go into the gospel. What did he do? He died for our sins. He rose again the third day. And he promises to save everybody who believes in him. And, you know, his kingdom is coming. And, you know, the gospel warns people about the coming judgment, which happens at the second coming of Christ. So between now and then, you know, the king's inaugurated. He, you know, uh, he is reigning now, but he's going to usher in the full cons uh, consummation of his kingdom. And I'm warning people, hey, we have to repent of our sins. We have to get in line with, you know, with God now, which is only his righteousness, his work, which is by faith, not my own works. And he promises to save and redeem. And he's coming again. And there's a warning to that. If we don't repent, if we don't obey Jesus, 
he, you know, again, he's going to come, he's going to judge us. And he, he says, anybody who is not, you know, his, anybody who doesn't have faith, he's going to, you know, punish us for, for our crimes. And that's, that's serious and that's deadly, mm-hmm. but we're, you know, we're about that kingdom. We're about his politics. I like it. I think that's a good uh, ending point today, Lucas, because of what I'd like to do for part yeah. two, you know, in a few months is maybe we dig into some of that theology when when Christ comes back. You know, what does that look like? Is it uh, premillennialism? Is it postmillennialism? Yeah. Calvinism or Arminianism? All these things that I know that you're more versed in than I am. Um, and I think uh, that would be a great place to pick up. Yeah, yeah, I'd love to do that. Definitely. You know, eschatology uh, is 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 one of the things I you know I'm really passionate about lately. So you know you know I love to talk about the end times of of Christ and like again what what the Bible says about that. That'd be great. I actually have um, I got a stack of books here. One of them is one that you recommended when I asked you about it. So oh, which one is that? Uh, I've got three views on the millennium. Oh yeah, and, uh, all right. So that's up next. I'm about to finish Mere Christianity, I think, tomorrow. Um, Good. So I'm reading awesome. 10 pages a day. So I, I got through that pretty quickly. Nice. Um, but thanks for joining, Lucas. Like I said, it's yeah. a pleasure to meet you. I know that we're very much on the same page. I, that's, this conversation has only reaffirmed that. Um, and I hope um, everything's going well with with your wife and, and Thank that you. Sweet, sweet baby that's on the way. Um, hopefully, she, she's being brought into the world with, with the right parents um, from what I see. So. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for having me on, Justin. I really appreciate it. All right, guys, Uh, ladies and gents, team, uh, group of Saved Show listeners. I appreciate you tuning in. Hopefully you got something out of the conversation I had with Lucas. Um, I feel like we already hit it off. We've been chatting on Instagram, but this is the first time we've spoken face-to-face, well, as much face-to-face as we can be right now. Um, hopefully we can close the distance uh, and actually meet up in person eventually. Uh, that'd be something that I'd like to do with all these guys that I'm having onto the show. I think it'd be great to do like a safe show meetup um, once once it gets big enough. Um, not quite there yet, but I think it would be great to get all of the guests that I've had on in one place. Um, a lot of great insight, a lot of great learning for myself and hopefully for you, whoever's listening. Um, and yeah, very grateful that Lucas took the time to uh to speak with me today everybody let's celebrate his uh, uh baby announcement he's got a, a young one on the way um which is great to hear uh, we all need to be having more children <laughs> at least that's my opinion next week back to the solo episode it's going to be great i believe i'm going to talk about um christian art i'll leave it at that um it will be more less less fitness less 75 hard less um you know, me picking a, a biblical topic and sort of touching on it for a few minutes. I'd like to give a few opinions on, on Christian art and what I think that should look like. Um, and it might surprise you what I have to say. So tune in next week if that sounds interesting to you. Um, as always, I love you. God loves you. Uh, check out the saved.store and, and uh, thanks for showing all your support. Don't forget that you are saved. <laughs>